This is Tom Vargelettis with the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast, Episode 14, Pricing Your Work and Should I Buy a Matterport Camera? Today's episode is answering a question that we got from Justin Chu over in North Carolina. He is a listener of the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer podcast and reached out to me via Instagram. Justin, thanks so much for the question, and I'm going to address both of those things here, but let's start with pricing. So if you're new to photography in general, pricing your work is going to seem kind of overwhelming at first. And if you are focusing on real estate photography, it can be even more difficult because there's not only no real standard for pricing, it's not like you're selling a physical product at a store that you can look up and check against prices all over the country or in other countries or in other currencies even. And on top of the pricing being really kind of all over the place, you've got photographers offering different things and charging accordingly. So there's different packages, all kinds of different combinations of services offered, and all kinds of different levels as far as image quality that's being delivered. And, you know, prices are just not only not directly reflecting exactly on a one-to-one basis, Like, for example, photographer A, who's doing stills plus floor plans, is going to charge a different rate than photographer B that might just be doing floor plans, that might just be doing stills. In fact, the photographer who's only doing stills might only offer that and nothing else, but still be a higher price than someone who's bundling a bunch of different services. And then the image quality, I mean, if it's good enough, really the best products are going to be kind of relative to what your clients think and what their sellers think. But you might be looking at photos from different photographers, seeing totally different results and wondering, how is this guy justifying that price? Or why are they charging so much, but only doing this? And then this other guy is charging way less for the same. Now, if you don't even know where to start to even see what people are charging, you can go online really easily, search real estate photographer, go on Instagram, go on Facebook. You can post a public post saying, hey, I'm looking for a real estate photographer. You can pose as a potential seller or be straightforward with, you know, I'm new to real estate photography. Is there anyone in the area who's willing to share their website and what they're charging and what they're offering? You might find some people who are really forthcoming with this information. Generally, in my experience, most photographers that I have met, once they realize that I was a photographer, the first thing they want to know is like, okay, well, what do you do? If I'm talking to a portrait photographer or a wedding photographer, all they care about is that that's not what I'm doing too. So they can kind of let their guard down. Real estate photographers, a few of them very open, willing to share. A lot of them, not so much. Maybe they feel like added competition is going to take money out of their pockets or something. I don't believe that that's the case. I think that more photographers is better than less photographers and whoever is out there should have the best training and access to it. 
because it's going to standardize a much higher level of image quality that is being expected in the marketplace. So if more and more people who are selling their houses realize that if they want to compete as far as how their listing appears to other people, they have to have professional real estate photography and the realtors will feel the same. So really, the more that photographers can kind of collaborate together, it's going to help the industry not everyone has that mindset. So when you're reaching out and asking about pricing, you might not get a response at all. And if you do, it might not be what you're looking for. So if you feel strange about it or you're uncomfortable, don't. But I wouldn't be afraid of pretending to be a seller or maybe not even really going to detail, just asking someone for a quote on you know this level of a house or, hey, do you have a pricing sheet? Most photographers should be able to, if it's not like listed right there on their website, they should be able to share some sort of a pricing chart or something like that to give you a good idea. And you want to look local to you just to see what people are charging. And if you're going to look at other photographers that are not local to you, you want to pay more attention to the services that they're offering and like the level or the quality of that service. So if everyone in your marketplace are charging like, I don't know, $100 for a photo shoot, but you, in order to make it worthwhile for you, you want to charge like $250, If no one in your area is doing it, well, maybe you could find some photographers that are charging that much money and be able to see if they're producing at a much, much higher level or if they're doing some extra add-ons or something. And remember, those numbers were just for examples. We're going to get more into pricing here in a little bit. So if I'm rattling off these round, easy, even numbers, that doesn't mean that that's what you have to go for. So I said $100, $250. If it makes sense for you and your marketplace to charge one of those numbers, fine. But when you're actually doing some research into how much you should charge, really look at local real estate photographers to you. And when I say local, I mean within like 50 to 100 miles, like people in your county, in the surrounding towns. And if real estate is being bought and sold near you, you're going to find some real estate photographers near you. Or, you know, maybe not full-time real estate photographers, like that's all they do, but you'll find some people that they have that in their portfolio and as a service that they offer. That's a great place to start. You might find that what other photographers are charging isn't exactly what you had expected. Hopefully, you're going to be surprised in a positive way and realize, wow, they're just doing this and they're charging how much money for it? This is great. I'm going to make way more than I thought. In some cases, it's going to be less. Now, this is where you have some guidance to go off of what other people are charging. If they're charging at a reasonable enough rate and you're like, wow, that's great, you could stick to the numbers that other local photographers are charging. If you're happy with whatever the number is per photo shoot, great. You can just go with it. If you could potentially make more, but you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm just starting out. Maybe I'll go for this. That's actually a bad idea. If you're just starting out, You want to set fair and competitive rates for your work because you're going to do two things. One, you're going to practice really hard. You're going to build up a good portfolio to show that you're going to deliver the level of value that you're charging for. 
And two, because if you charge much, much less for it, you're not going to really be able to sustain a life worth living. And that is one of the most important things here. If you want to be a full-time real estate photographer, you need to produce full-time income because you still got to eat, you still got to take care of your family, pay the bills. It would be nice if we didn't need money and we could just do whatever our hearts desired and we'd never had to worry about a thing. But the reality is, if we want to be full-time real estate photographers, we have to have income to support not just the business, but also our lifestyle. So first place to check is what are other people charging. For myself, I know that I am kind of middle of the road as far as pricing goes for just straight real estate photos. I have other services that I tack onto it. And the reason why I set my prices where they were was I wanted to have competitive prices for people that just wanted photos, but I also wanted to give people a really good deal if they add on a bunch of other services. So if you pull up any random one of my invoices, if that client only ordered photos, it's not that much, right? I have a basic flat rate for photo-only appointments, and this is in like the Massachusetts, New England area, and for 30 MLS photos, I charge $199. At that price, I have some agents that think that it is outrageous and crazy. They'd never pay that for photos in their lifetime, and that's fine. They're not clients of mine, but I have plenty of clients who feel like they're underpaying. Another thing about pricing, it's not just how much you're charging, because if you've found the right clients and you're delivering them the value that they really want and need, price is not that important. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard from paying clients of mine that price isn't always the first concern. Really what a real estate agent wants is they need to look good as professionals offering a service to their clients. They need their listing to look good. And, you know, if they get some positive feedback on the photos, which reflects directly on them, they're really happy with that. So if you can deliver that kind of quality and value to your clients, you shouldn't worry about, you know, if I'm just starting out or maybe I don't have a big portfolio or maybe I don't have a lot of high-end listings under my belt. If you're delivering the right kind of value and you're putting the work in to create a product that is on par with other photographers in your marketplace, you should charge a competitive rate. You should charge a fair rate because you're doing the work. So when I set my pricing for just photos, like I said, I'm not the most expensive in my marketplace. Specifically in central mass, I'm like towards the higher end. But if you start looking closer into Boston, you could find someone who's going to charge more than $200 for just photos. But I add a lot of low cost add-ons if people choose to bundle them. So my invoices end up being a lot more than that per job. And I'm not necessarily doing that much more work or labor, but I am delivering a lot more value. So that is also something to consider. If you're going to offer a bunch of services, you might not want to charge top dollar for each of them, because if you could get people to just bundle everything into like a package, you could end up selling a lot more of products and or services, taking in a lot more money and only for just doing, you know, one listing. So that way you'll bring your margins way up. 
if you're able to just add on more and more and more services to different listings. And of course, not all of my clients are going to add things on all the time and different people want different things. So, you know, I try to have as much as I can to offer them and as many options as possible for people to customize things because at the end of the day, the most important thing after making sure that you're doing a good job is to make sure that your clients are happy and you want to price your services according to that. If you're going to charge more, do it, but make sure you're delivering more value. Don't just charge more money because you saw that this guy is charging $100 for his photo shoot, but you're going to charge $200 because you just want to make more. Make sure that for whatever you're charging, you're going to deliver the value for it. And let's remember an earlier lesson in this podcast. It's the law of diminishing returns. It's okay if someone's charging $100 and you're charging $200, but you're not delivering double the level of services, double the level of value, because the law of diminishing returns applies to services just like it does to goods. So yeah, if you buy the $1,000 camera and you step up to the $2,000 camera, you're not getting double the performance. You are getting an improvement, but it's not double. If you go from a $100 photo shoot to a $200 photo shoot, it's not necessarily double the quality, but there should be a difference, okay? If someone's going to pay double for the same service, there should be an improvement in value there. The first thing that we're going to think of is an improvement in image quality, which can certainly be the case, but there's also other intangible factors, you know, like the experience the ease of setting up appointments, booking, file delivery, infinite revisions, or super fast turnaround time. You know, there's a bunch of factors that play into price. But just remember, you can't charge more for something without offering more or doing better. Because if for the exact same end result, someone could go work with the other guy at half the price, they're going to. You're going to have a really tough time unless that person never even thinks about price shopping. Over time, most realtors will become price shoppers because they're going to hit a dry season in the real estate market. Their sales are going to slow down. They're going to be thinking, okay, how can I save some money? Or other photographers will be presented to them and they'll say, these are my prices. And then, you know, in their head, they'll think, well, what am I paying now for what am I getting in the end? It's inevitable. The best way to deal with that is to have fair prices for the work that you're offering. So your clients have no reason to look elsewhere. So we've been talking about the comparison pricing model, and that's just a great place to start for anyone. And if you've been a photographer for a while and you've just been charging the same thing over and over again for years and years, it's worth it to take another look and see what other people are charging because we don't often think about this, but our prices can't stay the same forever. The value of our dollar is decreasing thanks to inflation and it's minimal, but it's there. So maybe you're not going to increase your rates by two and a half percent a year or whatever it is. But every couple of years, you might want to add, you know, another five, ten dollars on top of your services, another 10 percent maybe, because the value of the dollar is going down as you're doing more business and making more money. Your cost of doing business increases. You go into higher tax brackets. You are investing in yourself, more training, more education, more better equipment. 
maybe you're traveling more, maybe you are outsourcing and you've got some payroll costs that you've added, you know, our expenses tend to go up over time and we can keep them really low. But as we build a business, our time becomes more and more valuable, especially when we start to get really busy. Because if you could charge more money and you have the same amount of appointments or slightly less, you'll still make the same or more income. A lot of photographers are afraid, like, well, you know, if I increase my rates, people might go work for somebody else. Well, let's first take a look at what other people are charging and to see if we're just way behind the curve anyway. You might find that you've been undercharging this whole time. And I know that was for me for like the first entire year that I was doing this, I was charging less. And I was just kicking myself because if you do the math backwards and you're like, well, if I charged a fair rate this whole time, I'd have X more dollars just sitting there in the bank account. Well, if it's any relief, just remember that if you found a way to spend more money as you made it, if you had a few extra dollars in the bank, you would have figured out how to spend that too. So, you know, the success of our business and our personal wealth is more about our spending habits than it is about how much we're charging. And it's still important to take a good hard look at our rates, maybe once a year to just sit down and think objectively about things like, am I charging a fair price for this? Have things changed? Have I just gotten better at it? Have I been putting in more work to improve these things? Has my customer service really improved? And if your work hasn't improved, you should look at that and ask why. If we're doing something, we should try to get better at it. That's important, I think, personally and in business. We should always try to deepen our knowledge and understanding of our work, and we should see what we could do better because it's about efficiency, it's about personal satisfaction and pride in your work, and it's about making sure you're not only delivering the best value that you can, but that you're getting paid accordingly. So we want to think about these things, even if you're not new to real estate photography. It's a good idea to revisit these items over time. So comparison shopping for other real estate photographer prices. It's a great place to start for any real estate photographer, no matter how long they've been in business. It also gives us an idea of what's being offered for the money. Are other photographers charging more and offering less? Or are they charging more and offering more? And we can use that to make decisions about how we're running our business as well. Not because we want to run with the pack and be exactly the same as anybody else and have no personality or individuality, but so we can compare notes and see what the market is kind of leaning towards and make decisions about that. If other photographers are doing this, if everybody's offering floor plans or drone, that might be something that we want to consider offering or an equivalent service so we know that our clients are really getting the value for what we're charging. So in addition to comparison pricing, and like I said, if another photographer is charging X, you don't have to charge the exact same amount of money. If you're just starting out, you don't have to charge less either. You want to consider the work that you're doing and the quality of the service that you are delivering when you're thinking about prices. And if you have to lean one way or the other, lean for the higher number, because over time you can always change it. You can always come down in price if you need to. If you start low and then you're like, oh crap, I've sent out all these business cards. I've 
promoted the website, I've sent out these flyers, done these presentations to realize that uh, yeah, I got to charge an extra, you know, 30 to 50% on top of my invoices. That is going to irritate people who maybe have thought about working with you because you are the cheapest photographer that they know of. And then all of a sudden you're not. It's not going to be the end of the world, but it might mean that you wasted a lot of time making all those contacts, doing all that work to realize that you now have to change your prices. If you go from a higher number to a lower number, people are going to be appreciative and much more thankful than in going the other way. So if you aren't 100% sure on where your price should lie, go to the higher end and make adjustments from there. So another way of looking at pricing for your services is to look at how much money you want to make in a year. If your goal is to make, say, $100,000 from photography only. So let's do the math backwards. You want to make a hundred grand and you're going to take two weeks off for vacation, but every other week you're going to work. So that's about $2,000 in sales every single week. And that's actually not that bad. If you were only charging $150 per photo shoot, you only have to do 13 photo shoots per week and that's doable. It's a lot of work to get to that point, but at 150 bucks a pop, that's not that bad. If you're only working five days a week, that's about $400 a day in sales. And that's going to be, if you're charging on the lower end, it's going to be four or five photo shoots per day. And if you're just doing photos, that's doable. I mean, the hard part getting to that level is going to be making enough contacts and getting enough clients. But that's really not that hard to do in the first place. Now, if you want to make $100,000, and you're going to work only 50 weeks per year, but you don't want to do four or five photo shoots per day, let's say you've got a target to do two photo shoots per day. Well, now we're at something like $200 per photo shoot. More if you have add-ons and other extras. And this isn't a hard exercise to figure out. And $200 per photo shoot is not all that unreasonable. But think how much harder you have to work if you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe I should charge less. I'll go down to 150. All of a sudden, you've got to work more than twice as hard to make the same money, right? For not charging quite so much. What did we say? If you want to make $100,000 at $150 a pop, you got to do almost 700 photo shoots. But if you're trying to make $100,000 at 200 a pop, that's 500 photo shoots. That's 200 less. And 500 photo shoots, that's still a lot, but it's better than seven or 800 if you want to hit that income goal. Now, if you only want to make money off of photography and nothing else, this is what you're going to have to do. This is just off of the $100,000 a year income goal. If you want to go even higher than that, you might want to say, okay, $200 per shoot is my minimum charge, and then I can tack on other things for nominal fees to just kind of boost up my margins. And that's how you can set your prices, really. Like, not just looking at what other photographers are charging, but how much do I personally want to bring home? Not how much do I need to just barely scrape by and keep myself alive, but how much money would I be comfortable with? Is it 100000 Is it 200000 Is it 500000 
you can set an income goal, see how much work you need to do to get to that point, and then adjust your prices accordingly. And you can play with this math all day long. Like if you only want to do one shoot a day, but you want to make, say, $250,000, that's going to be like $1,000 a day in sales. If you're only working five days a week, 50 weeks per year. If you don't want to hold any days sacred and work 24-7, $250,000 could be made with about $700 per day in sales. And if you said, you know, maybe I'll do one or two photo shoots per day, well, you divide that by two, you only really have to do around like $345, $350 per shoot. And that's not that hard to hit either. I'm only charging... X dollars for straight photos, but most of my clients add things on. A lot of my invoices add up to that or higher. There are some clients that for the right listing will add every possible service they could ever imagine. And then the invoice ends up over a thousand dollars for that day. So if you wanted to add the services together and set up packages that delivered a lot of value to your clients, we're not just charging money because we want to separate our clients from their money. We're charging for comparable value that we're delivering. And you can reach that. It's not impossible. And a lot of people are doing it too. It's not like, oh, that's only for these super amazing photographers who are just like 1% in the world. That's not true. This is the kind of work that you can be doing for realtors that have houses that they need to sell. They don't need to be the best houses ever. You don't need to be in the biggest, most populous city ever. You don't need to have the most high income clients ever. You just need to be able to deliver that level of value. Now, if you're in a marketplace where that's not really possible or it's just very uncommon, you're going to have to do more legwork to make the same amount of money. That means more hours actually worked. You don't have to work those hours yourself. You can hire an assistant, you can hire a second shooter, another photographer to go out and take appointments for you. And yeah, if you're starting out, you're not going to be able to do that right away. You want to build up a book of business that's going to sustain or support another hire, but that's doable. So if you want to hit those numbers, you can. The biggest determining factor on how fast that happens is going to be based on you your personality, how hard or how far you want to go as far as making contact with new clients and selling your services. Because if you hustle and you keep doing it and you keep that level of activity up for years, you're going to get there. And you can get there even faster if you're doing things the right way. I write a lot about this in the book. I spend a lot of time on prospecting and even outsourcing cold calling and things like that in the full-time real estate photographer course. So if you want to be trained by me personally on how to do that, in addition to what we're talking about here, that's an option. But, you know, any good foundation in some sales skills and presentation building will help you get to that point where you have enough paying clients to hit these numbers. So starting with a year end income goal is a good place to go for figuring out what you want to charge. Because if you want to hit $500 a day in sales, you get to think, you know, how hard do I want to work for that? If I don't want to do more than one or two photo shoots per day, that means I'm going to have to charge 250 and up per shoot. How can I offer services to warrant that kind of an invoice? 
because yeah, immediately once you get into two, three, four, five hundred dollars per shoot, you're going to instantly cut off a really big group of potential clients because a lot of real estate agents that are working don't have a ton of business going on and they're not just swimming in cash. A lot of agents, in fact, most agents are average or below average performers. So they're not going to be willing to invest a lot of money in their real estate marketing by necessity. Some of them want to get to that level, but they can't. So then the other issue comes like, okay, well, if I'm going to charge this much, what level of services am I going to have to deliver? And who are my clients? If it's not just any old real estate agent, I need to laser focus my marketing and really hold a clear picture in my mind of who my ideal client is. So if you are in an area where you don't have this massive population of super luxury high-end real estate, that's fine. You're just going to have to charge a reasonable rate for the work that you're going to be doing and then either adding on other services or doing a much higher volume of business if you want to hit that income goal. So these are all kind of on sliding scales, right? As photographers, so you take a lot of your photos into Lightroom and, you know, you're adjusting these sliders. Well, if you change this, then this happens. And then as you change different sliders, the effects interact with each other differently. This is kind of the same thing in pricing, which is why, again, you've got prices all over the board. That's why comparison pricing can kind of be problematic because there's no real one-to-one set in stone rule that I have to follow because, you know, the sliders are all in minutely different locations on these different things. And all of those factors really play into the end result. The most important thing for you to remember when pricing your work is how much money do I need to make and what is a fair price for me to charge for this work? If you have to charge or you want to charge a lower price, you need to be aware that you're going to have to build up a very high volume business as far as the number of shoots you're getting booked to reach your income goals or at least to sustain your lifestyle as it is. If you want to improve your lifestyle, improve your business or make more money with less hours, you're going to have to charge more dollars per shoot. And if you're new, inexperienced or you don't feel like your image quality is there yet, fret not because you can get there with time and training and practice you can definitely get there. And it might just be a matter of learning how to do floor plans, honestly. Or, you know, you could figure out how to make panoramas. Or you could figure out how to fly a drone and get your Part 107 license. Or maybe you could even do something like pick up admin that can handle all your back-end work for you and your customer service. So anyone that asks a question can get a response like instantly. And, you know, you you're just the best person to work with and people have the best experience working with you compared to anyone else. And these are ways that you can justify higher prices. So when in doubt, add to your value as a professional. If you're not sure if you're charging too much money, just try and do more for your clients to make them happier, to give them more of what they want because they're going to pay more and they're going to be happy that they paid more. How many clients? I don't even know. I couldn't count how many people that I've talked to that said, oh my God, I worked with this person and it was just terrible. They were so cheap, but you know, it took me a week to get my photos. 
most often realtors who have used professional photographers in the long term, they understand that you get what you pay for. And if you only care about working with the cheapest, you're only going to get the cheapest results. A lot of realtors who are kind of mature in their business understand that they want to pay more to get the level of service that's going to help them grow their business. And so that's pricing. Really, when you set that number, lean high. It's okay if you're a little scared of, you know, well, if I ask this much, are people just going to laugh me out of the room or not take me seriously? Are they going to flip out and not work with me? But, you know, that's possible. That's definitely happened to me. Like I said, I've presented my prices and people have just had this really shocked reaction like, oh, God, I could never do that. And, you know, when you look people like that up and you see what kind of work that they've been doing, you can tell that, yeah, you don't want to pay for high quality marketing for your listings and you don't end up with very high quality marketing for your listings. And some agents are happy with that. So you can't convince them otherwise. You want to look for clients that are going to appreciate you in the work that you're doing. And if those aren't the people that you're meeting when you're going out and prospecting for business, you're either looking in the wrong places or you're not looking hard enough. So if you've called a couple people and they're like, oh no, that's way too much money. Oh, I'm not paying that. Your problem isn't that you're charging too much. Your problem is that you need to call way more people and you need to look for the clients that are going to appreciate you and your work and focus on them. The people who are not going to be happy with your work, that's fine. That's unavoidable just for personality differences, differences in personal taste. Maybe you genuinely did make a mistake or do a bad job. Maybe the client needs their eyes checked. Who knows? For whatever reason, you're eventually going to find people that feel like you're overcharging. Eventually, you're going to find people that don't like your work no matter what you're charging. So forget about the naysayers. You're going to have to bump into them from time to time. Just accept it as a fact of life. Just like how sometimes people will cut you off on the highway and sometimes people will just let you go. It's just something that happens and you don't spend the rest of your life kicking yourself or fuming about it. You just try and move on with your day and continue to be productive. So if you're really worried about pricing in your business, just remember that as long as you're delivering a fair amount of value, you should be compensated for it. Because these listing agents, even if they're charging bottom barrel commissions, if they're just giving their work away, they're still making a lot more money off of that sale. Remember that these commissions are based on a percentage of the sale price and these houses are usually selling in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So they're using your work to make a lot of money. Don't feel bad about charging a fair price for what you're doing. And now the second part of Justin's question, should I buy a Matterport camera? So I have a biased opinion here. I own a Matterport camera and I use it all the time. It was actually one of the first pieces of photography equipment that I bought. So the short answer is yes. However, I'm going to throw some asterisks at the end of that. I want to give you a little bit of context as to why, because I use the Matterport camera. I have one and I use it all the time on a nearly daily basis. The reason why is because I actually started with the Matterport camera. 
When I got into real estate photography, I was a real estate agent trying to sell houses and make my living off the commissions. And I did an okay job, but I was not making that much money. So I had a couple good years as a real estate agent, but I didn't have a lot of money to just go out and invest in all this equipment. So the first thing that I ever bought was a Matterport camera. And I bought it on a credit card. So I used money that I didn't even have to get this equipment. And I actually paid off that card and then bought all of the rest of my gear that most of which I'm actually still using today off of income solely generated from photography appointments. So I paid off my credit card. I used it to buy my first real camera and tripod and lens and memory cards and laptop. Wacom graphics tablets and then the audio recorders and the sound blankets and the microphones. And then, you know, it all just kind of snowballed from there. And I did really well with the Matterport camera. And that was like the only service that I was offering when I started. Because, yeah, I was doing my own real estate photography, but I wasn't using an actual real estate photographer's setup of equipment. I used my dad's old Bogan tripod that he bought with his full sized VHS camcorder. You know, not the VHS, like the little cassettes, but the full sized ones that he'd used to record our birthdays with. And, you know, when we were kids, I was using that. I was borrowing my friend's Rebel. I was using this cheap $30 flash. And, it was just this Frankenstein kit that I started using. And when I decided I was going to do photography professionally and offer it as a service, I was doing it with the Matterport. That was the first bit of kit that I had that I went out to other people's homes with. I offered Matterport virtual tours, floor plans, and photos from Matterport. So you can actually, when you're doing the virtual tour, you can go through, choose a composition, and then take a snapshot and then you get a JPEG, a low resolution JPEG with terrible image quality. I could have taken better photos with the camera that was on the phone in my pocket while I was doing these Matterport virtual tours. But that is how I started. And the reason why I was able to pay off the credit cards and actually build a business is not because of Matterport. It's because of my sales presentations. I was able to go out and in front of a large group of people, show them the camera, show them some virtual tours, talk about the future of real estate marketing, how using this system to market their properties isn't just going to be an incredible new frontier and bringing your listing to eligible prospects or buyers, but to also, you know, really impress your clients and show them that you're using cutting edge technology to get their houses sold. And it's going to be such an amazing thing. I had this whole big presentation and I like mesmerized the whole office. That's how I got clients, booked photo shoots, and then eventually started offering more and more and more and more. And I was charging very little for the work that I was doing. It didn't take me long to realize painfully that I was undercharging, not by just like a little bit. My average ticket was like, $125, $130. And I'm doing Matterport 3D scans. I'd be at a property for like two hours, three hours, something like that to make less than $150 per photo shoot. But I do that sun up to sun down seven days a week. 
I can do sales presentations and I'm not afraid of working all day and all night. And I did it. And that is what got my business started. And that is what made it what it is today. And now, you know, I'm actually doing real photography, not just the Matterport. I'm using a camera. We're shooting in RAW. We're using ambient exposures and flash exposures, taking them into Lightroom and Photoshop. I write about it a lot in the book. I talk about it a lot. I even have tutorials on how I'm doing what I'm doing in the full-time real estate photographer course. But the way that I got started was with the Matterport camera. So it's got kind of a special place in my heart. I would recommend it if you can do a good sales presentation because not everyone knows about it. Not everyone cares. And the people who do know about it sometimes don't even want it. Like I said before, it might be personal taste. In some cases, there are those clients that are just so far removed from technology that anything like this just seems way too out there for them to even want to try it. They're like, no, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even, you know, and then there's those clients that they want it. They want to use it for every single listing. So you need to be able to craft a presentation that can make it seem more appealing to those people who might've said no at the get-go. You want a presentation that at the same time educates your client about the incredible advantages you get of using cutting edge technology and your real estate marketing, how it reflects upon you to your clients, how it makes your listing accessible 24-7 to anyone around the world, international relocations and so on and so forth. And you want to be able to make it accessible to everyone or as many people as possible with your pricing. Don't do what I did and charge the least amount you could possibly imagine. I mean, I might as well have just been charging people a cup of coffee and an old sandwich for the amount of work that I was doing. You don't want to go that route. But remember, if you charge too high a price, you're going to limit yourself to only the people who can afford it, who might think that you know, this price point is going to be a reasonable place for them to be in terms of real estate marketing. And then you have to question, am I delivering this level of value at this price point to make it actually worthwhile to my clients? So you want to price your services in a way that makes sense for most of your clients to use the Matterport services. Because remember, it's not cheap to get the equipment or to even use the equipment. And that's something that we need to talk about. Because if you're unfamiliar with this, I've been saying Matterport, Matterport. If you've never heard that before or if you vaguely know, Matterport is the name of a company that creates the Matterport camera. It's a proprietary piece of equipment. It is a box looking thing with some camera lenses and some infrared laser rangefinder devices that take measurements. The camera sits on a tripod, it spins in 360 degrees, it creates 360 by 300 degree panoramic photos while taking measurements at the same time. You link it up to an iPad while you are conducting the scan and it's taking the panos plus the measurements. Then you move the camera to a new location, another scan, another set of measurements, move, another scan. And what it does, the software is rebuilding the house into a 3D virtual model. 
you can use that to develop floor plans. You can use that to create the virtual tour. And there's some other interesting applications for commercial real estate and new construction as well. We could get into that in a later date if there's enough interest. But that's what you do to create the virtual tour. You can't do anything else with this camera. It has one use, virtual tours, 3D scans. So the camera is like $4,000 for just the camera. Then you need to have the tripod and the iPad. And if you've already got a tripod and an iPad, great. So then it's just a four grand for the camera. But like me, I bought the camera, the tripod, the iPad. And to this day, I only use the iPad for the 3D scans. I can't figure out what else to do with an iPad when you've got a phone in your pocket all the time. And a case, a carrying case. The case that the Matterport camera comes in is handy for storage. But if you want to take this thing in and out of your house and your, you know, job sites, you want to have a case. I just posted an episode about gear management organization, why that's important. Refer back to that if you're not sure why a case is so important. And now there are additional costs other than owning the camera. So it costs $4,000, case, tripod, iPad, just to get it and use it. But you also have to have an account with Matterport to upload and use the 3D scans. Because again, this is all proprietary technology. You have to buy from and work with Matterport. So when you take your 3D scan and upload it, you have to have an active account. I think that the lowest level is like $50 a month or something like that. I'm at the enterprise level. So for me, it's like $200 a month just to have the account set up. And then there's a charge per upload. So whatever the tier of the account is that you have, if it's like the basic, the intermediate or the enterprise business level, whatever, I forget what they call these things. They give them names, but whatever your level, you get a certain number of free uploads. So I have like something, I don't know, like say 10 free uploads for the month. And then after that, it's like 25 or $35 per upload per 3D scan that you take and upload to Matterport. So they process and actually create the virtual tour for you. And then if you want to provide floor plans through Matterport, there is an additional charge that you have to pay at the end of your building cycle to cover those floor plans that you ordered. Now, me, I'm not personally doing these things. I'm having an admin actually set up my virtual tours, process the floor plans, blah, blah, blah. And that costs even more money on top of it. So to have and use the Matterport camera, it's very expensive bit of equipment and technology to maintain in your business. If you are doing the amount of 3D scans that I am doing, your invoices are going to be somewhere around five or $600 every single month just in uploads and account fees. So four grand to buy it and then another like what, five, $6,000 a year just to use. For a lot of photographers, that's not going to be a good idea because it's either going to be way too much money and it's going to just put you out of business or you're going to spend all this money and you're barely going to use it, which is going to mean that it's wasteful. It's really cool technology, but unless you can sell it 
it's not going to benefit you very much. It's been really good for me. That's because I built a huge presentation around it. I included video. I have a little slideshow. I'm all about the sales presentation. And if you've been reading the book, if you're in the full-time real estate photographer course, you know about this. Like presentation is a big, important thing for me. It goes along with client experience and interaction. All of these things that other people see and have to deal with when they're interacting with you are important when you're running a business, especially if you want to create new clients and keep them as clients, as recurring clients. Because every individual that pays you for your services is a source of income. And in my mind, I can't afford to let even one of those sources of income fall by the wayside. So it's really important to create an environment where you know people are getting what they want and they're happy with the services and then the level of the actual quality of the work was where it needs to be. And for Matterport with my presentation, it just works. It works really well. People have been very receptive to it. Not everyone, but a lot. Enough to make it worthwhile for me to continue doing it. Should you buy a Matterport camera? I think you should if you can sell it. If you can sell the service, because like I said, a lot of people, they're just not going to know about it or they're not going to care, you know, and then you've got those agents that are out there. They just want the cheapest service. They don't care what you do. They don't care if you use your cell phone as long as you're the cheapest. And then there's those agents that are going to be really excited and be like, oh my God, I have to use this every single time, no matter what. Are you going to be able to get in front of enough people to find those customers, those clients that are always going to want to use Matterport or enough that will on a recurring basis to make it worthwhile, to make it profitable? If it costs you $10,000 to have, use, and maintain this piece of equipment, are you going to make exactly $10,000 back? If so, it's not worth it. You want to make way more than what you paid. That's the whole point of being in business. You don't want to spend a dollar to make a dollar back. You want to spend a dollar to make $5 back. That's what business is all about. You're taking something, putting your time, your energy, your labor into it to create something new, something really valuable that helps other people, something that's worth money. And if you're going to spend 10 grand, you're going to make 10 grand. I don't know. You really want to think about your business, what you're doing, and how you're going to be able to sell your services. If you're just starting out and you're not really sure which way you're going to go, get a camera, focus on stills first. Get really good at that because even if you don't want to do real estate photography going forward, you can keep that camera forever. You can use it for other things until it breaks. You could do weddings, you could do corporate events, you could do portraits, you could do family photos, you could do high school senior portraits. Like there's so many places you could go with stills. The 3D virtual tour market is much smaller. You are limited to still three-dimensional spaces, the interior of a building, a house, an apartment, a store, and not everyone is going to want it especially if you're not going to be able to really sell it and really convey the value that this kind of service is going to provide for them. So 
If you're really resonating with my ideas on presentations and salesmanship when it comes to photography, if you want to craft a good presentation, it can really help you differentiate yourself against other photographers that aren't doing this because not all of them are, not by a long shot. And again, having a really good sales presentation on top of that is going to help you kind of seal the deal and get enough clients to make it worthwhile. Remember that the Matterport camera is only going to be good for Matterport virtual tours. Like you're really limited in how you can use this. So if you're not sure, really just go with a camera, practice your photography skills, build up your photography portfolio first. You can go the same route that I did. You can build a business just offering virtual tours. You can build a photography business with a Matterport camera, but you need to understand what it's going to take to actually physically build that business in terms of income generated. Because like photography gear, it's not cheap. Even when you're buying it used, it is not cheap. It's unfortunate if you don't have a lot of money lying around. If you do have a lot of money and you're like, well, five grand. I mean, there's people like that that are like five grand. I spend that on seafood. There's people like that. And if you don't really care if it's wasted or not, or you don't care where it goes or why, then, you know, that's fine. It's your decision ultimately. But even if you do have a lot of financial resources and support, I still recommend sitting down and thinking critically about your business and how you plan on selling your services. Because if you could spend that five G's on something that's going to make you a hundred thousand dollars, I would rather you put your money there because you're just going to get so much of a better return and you're going to feel way better about it. I have some equipment that's sitting in my office. I look at it every day, but I almost never use it. I'm still trying to figure out how to incorporate it in my daily business because I wasted so much money on it. And when you go around to try and resell something like this, you're not going to make even close to what you paid for it. Unless you're buying something with really high resale value, like a used lens that you could probably sell for equivalent value, or you just get a great deal on a sale and you know, maybe you could sell for close to the same or the same, if not more than what you paid, like that's great. But if you buy a super niche product and you buy it new or even used, and then you realize, oh, crap, I just spent three, four thousand dollars and I'm barely even using this thing, you're not going to be happy about it. So we've got to use our imagination. We've got to think a little critically, try and predict the future. I know it's impossible, really, but you can take a hard look at yourself, how you conduct your business, your confidence level in your business and say, you know what? Yeah, if I get this thing, I'm going to be able to sell it. I know that I can. I know that it's possible. It's definitely possible for you too, if you're willing to do what it takes to generate the level of sales. So that's my recommendation for the Matterport camera. And as far as pricing goes, start with comparison, shopping, look at what other people are charging versus services that they are offering. Consider what you're going to offer and how much money you need or want to make in a given year. That should get you really close to what you should be charging for your work. So a very special thanks to Justin Chu for asking these questions. Anyone can reach out to me directly and ask a question like this. You can reach me at 
tom at ftrephoto.com. Or in the case of Justin, he actually reached out to me on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Tom Vargeletis, T-O-M-V-A-R-G-E-L-E-T-I-S. You'll see a picture of my beautiful face, as well as a bunch of my recent work. In fact, some of the photos there will look very familiar to you if you have been following the podcast. And if you are interested, you could actually find Justin Chu's Instagram feed at jchuphoto. That's the letter J-C-H-E-W-P-H-O-T-O. And he's got some really interesting work up on his Instagram feed as well. Really looking forward to see him develop as a real estate photographer. And thanks again, Justin. Really appreciate the questions. And for everyone else, any of your questions, comments, feedback are greatly appreciated. The full-time real estate photographer course which is a training course I've been developing for months now that will help you go from zero, where I started, to running a thriving full-time real estate photography business is available now for anyone who is interested. I'm still putting some finishing touches on the course itself, so the actual website is not live. Anyone who's interested in getting early access to the material, please feel free to reach out to me by email or Instagram. And if you've noticed, I've been doing some interviews on the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer podcast. If you are a photographer, if you're just starting out, out, especially if you're listening to this podcast and find it useful, reach out to me and we might be able to set something up. I'd really love to get some listeners of the podcast on in an interview to talk about the business, where you're at. I think that'd be a lot of fun. If you are or if you know other real estate agents who are clients of real estate photographers, that would be great to have on the show as well. It's so fun to be able to take each part of a business and to break it down in discussion and to be able to deliver more value and to help other photographers out there. Because like I said, the more professional real estate photographers that there are and the better work that they are able to do, it's going to help everyone. Because remember, high quality professional real estate photography is the standard. That's just going to mean more work for everyone. And that's the episode. Thank you so much for your time. This has been the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer, episode 14, Pricing and Should I Buy a Matterport Camera?